0: is scheduled for hey 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 it's your boy KJ and welcome back to the Roped in podcast ladies and gentlemen how are you how is everything how is life life is really weird for me and I'm sure it is for you as well Everything is so, so, so weird. Uh, Probably a time in in history where things have never really been like this before. So we're not entirely sure how to handle it. Uh, Cabin fever is just, you know, it's it's everywhere. Um, I feel like people need to sort of just acclimate to their house a little bit and figure out what they can do to not fucking go mental, and just, you know, sit down, perhaps do things that you haven't had a chance to do because you have to run out, do this, do that. So, you know, removing the outside world may be beneficial for a lot of people. I know that um, when I was working uh, before I started doing this uh, media production full time, uh, I, I used to be out all the time. I, I didn't have time to watch a 20 minute episode of any TV show. Like, I'd want to watch How I Met Your Mother or a rerun of Friends or whatever it was, right? Like, Modern Family. I just didn't have time to sit down and finish a 20-minute episode. And this was, like, weeks on end because uh, I was just out doing a bunch of stuff. You know, I was working on this media stuff. I started working with Inside the Ropes. I started, you know, trying to build my own uh, craft. I was trying to learn how to... Uh, podcast learn how to edit videos and you know I was was, there was a lot of time gone into various things and I just didn't have time and and I know that someone who would be in the same position as I was uh, I'm sure this would kind of be like all right you know calm down now you have time to do all those things and sometimes it's difficult you know you may not want to do those things at that time just like you know sit down and watch tv because it's like oh you know you feel like you're you're wasting your time and and it's been really difficult for me to sort of settle down and be like, "You know what? I think I need to calm down because I was just you know given hundred and twenty percent all the time. I was burnt out, and then I'd fall sick after a few months, I'd have a fever, be in bed, and then once I recovered, I'd go back out and you know do the thing again. So what I'm trying to say is, maybe this is a good time for people to reflect and take a break. Calm down, chill out, watch a movie, just you know, kick back, relax. I think I think it's about time we started doing that. So uh that's that's my advice to you guys if you haven't already. Do that. Chill out, take a break. It's it's life is gonna pass us by if we don't. So um yeah. Um so now I, I've got a few bits of news. Um I'm gonna leave the worst one for the last. Uh, but uh, Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame and TakeOver, NXT TakeOver, have apparently both been postponed. So that's a unfortunate bit of news. Uh, but I guess with you know the circumstances, I guess you want to leave it to whenever the right time is. I guess NXT, because they typically have five matches at the pay-per-view, they can sort of work around it and build the storylines to sort of push... Forward and you know go forward and you know it, it might be easier to handle that handle the you know the delay in putting out NXT Takeover so I think I think it maybe that's a that's a good idea you know just push it forward and and sort of still build your your storylines because that's that's sort of the NXT format right like the main roster is like instant gratification whereas NXT sort of builds and builds and builds and I think you know having two weeks. To sort of reacclimate yourselves and then figure out, okay, you know what, we need to do this, we need to do that, blah, 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 blah. So I think NXT can benefit from that. However, the main roster, I don't think they can benefit from postponing anything. Building those storylines is really, really difficult. And I've seen a whole bunch of stuff on Twitter where people are like, oh, why don't you just postpone WrestleMania? Vince McMahon's such a dickhead. Oh, WWE's such a fucking shit company because they just wanna they're just gonna put their shit out and they don't care and they're they don't care about their storylines. It's like, motherfucker, sit your ass down because you have no idea what you're talking about. Storylines, building storylines and giving the people that that final result or the the you know the climax of the story comes at a certain point within that story, for a reason, you can't just be like, "Oh, you know what? I'm gonna have the Edge Randy Orton thing uh, build up, have Randy Orton RKO Beth, and then have Edge face Randy Orton three months down the line." And throughout that, we're just gonna build it up. No, because you're you're building towards that that climax, and the match is the climax. After the match is the fallout. So if I mean that's just basic fucking English literature if you've ever studied it, right? So If you sit down and watch the Edge and Randy Orton storyline unfold, if you have Randy Orton, RKO, Beth Phoenix towards the start of that story, it's just going to fucking plateau and just get stale and boring. So no one's going to really care once the match actually happens. So WWE sort of have to do this now or scrap the storyline altogether. I think, personally, those are the only two choices they have. A lot of people are like, just push it, just push it. It doesn't work that way. It will not work. You need to think about how the story unfolds. And these are the same fucking people who are going to come back and be like, oh, this Randy Orton Edge thing is so lame now. Oh, my God. Like, why didn't they just fucking, you know, do it earlier? They could have just had a match and just finish it off. It's like, fuck off. You're the same person who three months ago was saying, oh, just push it, just push it, just push it. And now that you have it and it doesn't work to how you wanted it, you're going to complain. So these fucking people are just going to complain for whatever reason. So, unfortunately, WWE have their high, hands tied in the situation. They can't do anything. They just need to have WrestleMania done and, and maybe then just postpone Raw and SmackDown. It's their choice. I personally, I really, really appreciate what WWE's doing because nobody does that, right? Everyone's gone home. Everyone's sitting at home. Everyone's like, listen, guys, that's it. We can't do anything. You guys need to just sit your asses down. But WWE and AEW are, well, I'll get to AEW in a second. But WWE and and AEW so far have given us entertainment. And that's what people want in this time where you're sitting at home on your fucking ass. You've watched the same fucking TV shows. I have friends who are, who are asking me for TV show recommendations because they've just watched everything. They have fucking finished their entire Netflix library. Me on the other hand, I have so many shows I haven't watched before, so I'm okay. But my some of my friends, that's all they do, they just get home, they watch Netflix, right? And they fucking finish their entire library and they're like, We don't know what to do. If we sit at home, we're fucking bored. So it's like now now they don't know what to do, right? But WWE, kudos to them. These guys have have come out and are giving us entertainment. They're giving us stuff, yeah, perhaps like for example on SmackDown they showed um, the Bray Wyatt-John Cena match. On Raw, they showed the Royal Rumble match. So it's like, yeah, you're not exactly filling the entire time, but, man, I appreciate the effort that these guys are going through to give us some form of entertainment that is fresh and not seen before. And, and to, whatever, to whatever extent or degree that may be, I appreciate it. And, and personally, kudos to WWE. They, they don't have to do it, but they are same with AEW. I think AEW put on one of their best shows ever and you know, more power to them. So, yeah. Uh that's uh so that's in regards to what I just went on a fucking tangent there, but yeah, so um NXT Takeover and Hall of Fame have both been pushed forward to whenever a safer time is discovered. Um also, uh apparently AEW Blood and Guts has been pushed they have decided. Tony Khan sent out a tweet from the AEW account saying that uh, it is possibly not the best time to do this event, and I agree with that. You, it's you know, as as good as AEW was with uh, with Brody Lee and Matt Hardy coming out, and and everything that happened with that, which I'll get to in the AEW review. But it, it, that pop that both those guys would have gotten. In front of your live crowd, is is, um, is that would have been a crucial moment for the show, and fortunately, they couldn't. They had their hands tied, and again I'll get to that when when I talk about AEW in in just a bit. But it's just like if you're doing the blood and guts match, blood and guts match, you you want that ambience, you want that that atmosphere that the fans create and that it, it, empty. I mean, I get it that some of the superstars are sitting around, but it's just not the same, you know? And I appreciate that. I put out a tweet. I, I think I mentioned it on this podcast or the Pod of Thunder. I'm, I'm merging the podcast in my head now with the amount I do sometimes. But uh, I for me, when I listen and I watch and I and I, I see these guys, you know, uh, doing all these things, but, I, I, like, it's it's good to feel like, you know, some people are on the same page. Like, i put out that tweet and and i talked about it on the podcast as well on pot of thunder i believe it was i said that why can't wwe uh, for wrestlemania have the wrestlers sit in the crowd and and basically just you know create the atmosphere that the fans would create now the the performance center the pc is is not very big and the roster is huge now make sure obviously that nobody's contaminated it's a it's a it's risky because you don't know how who's contaminated sometimes the symptoms aren't shown and stuff like that it's a very very risky thing i understand that but if they're mingling backstage and you've taken precautions there perhaps you can you know bring some of them out. if not everyone some of them out you know and create that atmosphere that you would with the fans so bring out some of the performers let them sit in you know, sporadic places. Keep enough distance between them. Make sure that they don't interact in some form. And you, know, you have a different dynamic that you could introduce to these matches. Like let's say Randy Orton and, and Edge. Because it's a, it's a false scan anywhere. It goes all over the place. Not, sorry, not false scan anywhere. It's a last man standing match. And that match sometimes goes everywhere. And if you take that match and throw it into the crowd, that would be fucking amazing you know, you could have some of the wrestlers interact in those matches, have Edge beat up someone, or Randy Orton beat up someone, or use someone to beat up Edge, or whatever it is, you could create and introduce a fucking new dynamic that we wouldn't be able to get with the crowd, so, I think it's an advantage if you play your cards right, but what AEW did was brilliant, I loved it, I think it was a great idea, and like, I'm, obviously, I'm not taking credit for it and going like, oh, this is my idea. Thanks, guys. No. I th- we were just on the same page. I think they realized that maybe we need to create somewhat of an at- atmosphere. And that's why MJF, Sean Spears, Jake Roberts, Lance Archer, uh, Sonny Kiss, um, SCU, they were all around. So it's like, it was fun. It was just a fun time. I loved it. So I absolutely loved it. And I thought, I thought that was just just great. So... Yeah, um, but speaking of, again, Blood and Guts is apparently postponed uh, until they have a live crowd again, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Safety first. And the worst bit of news that I have is apparently Del Rio, Alberto Del Rio, is back in talks with WWE. If that guy comes back, I'm going to fucking kill myself. I hate... I, I couldn't stand him. Perhaps, like I've, I've mentioned before, I didn't like Ambrose. Uh, there are a few performers I don't really care about I just cannot stand Del Rio I don't think he has the mic skills I don't think he has the in-ring skills he's had one match against the big show which I believe was the last man standing match that was the only match I can think of that even slightly entertained me in which he won and the other one was when uh, Dolph Ziggler cashed in on him that like that was his that was the peak of his career in my opinion that was the best he's ever been and that was to losing to, to Dolph Ziggler that's it I think he's just terrible. I don't enjoy his his matches. But that's just my opinion. There are maybe people that like him. I just don't. I, I think he's so boring. So I apologize, Del Rio. But it's just an opinion. Um, right. So again, we don't have a lot to talk about because obviously the shows weren't exactly filled with a lot of stuff. But there were some things. So let's let's start with Raw, where my favorite wrestler of all time edge comes out kicks off the night and i've sort of already uh, spoiled whatever this was about but uh, he comes out he says that you know randy orton and i are both in debt of a performer uh, Mick Foley. Mick mcfoley taught me something that uh, randy orton never learned and that was grit so um, he's still sticking to the grit thing um, this was a strong promo um, it started off a little like wobbly i guess but he just he picked it up and he was back on it immediately and uh he says this isn't love you don't love me randy you're just jealous because you can't do uh what i do and that tears you apart and uh he's obviously referencing that you know he came back after nine years and stuff and then he looks right into the camera and he says randy i challenge you to a last man standing match at wrestlemania uh i mean the the you know it it's it looks almost effortless how Edge comes out and and delivers that promo, right? Like I'm sure his acting over the years working on Vikings and all the other shows that he worked on uh is coming back and it's sort of helping him enhance his acting skills in WWE and he's just flawless. Like he is fucking flawless. I think this guy is is just he's exactly what the superstars need they need to look at edge and be like all right we need to learn from this guy and figure out how that passion and how that intensity comes out within our promos and they really need to fucking learn because he's great he's great and it's not right that only the old school guys get to do this sort of thing or like not not get to do it but like they're the only ones that deliver these sort of things why is it that none of the new guys like you don't see Roman Reigns with this intensity. You don't see Seth Rollins with this intensity. You don't see um uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, I guess his character doesn't necessarily have that intensity all the time. Like he'll be like laughing and then he'll get serious. But even that is just like for a brief second. So does he really get to display his intensity? I don't know. But uh like AJ Styles sort of has it, but again, he's one of the older guys, right? So I don't know, I, I feel like only the older guys have that intensity about them, and the new guys that have come and broken on the scene don't have that intensity, and I, I'm dying for someone to show with something, so, yeah, um, great stuff by Edge, Last Man Standing match, Randy Orton, Edge, I wish, I wish I was there, that would be fucking brilliant, but, you know, I will be doing a reaction video to all of WrestleMania, both days, so, yeah, um, great, great stuff, great stuff to start Raw. Uh, we then have uh, Undertaker and AJ Styles when they're they're doing their contract signing. Uh, Undertaker comes out. He's really mad about something, so he flips the table. I think the contract wasn't there, so he's like, what the fuck? But they didn't sort of exactly, you know, display it correctly because I just figured that because the contract was backstage with AJ Styles, that's why he was pissed off. That's just my assumption of what went on there. Uh, he comes out sort of like half between the Phenom, Undertaker, dead man thing and half American Badass because he's like tied his hair into a ponytail and he's wearing like a do-rag. Uh, <laughs> but I think this is a much better look than having his fucking banshee hair just, you know, flailing out and showing everyone that, uh, you know, hey, look at me, I'm a balding old man. Um so what happens is Edge comes out, furious, uh, not Edge, Undertaker comes out, he's furious, uh, turns around, and then uh, he, you see on the big screen, AJ Styles sort of, you know, pokes at the Undertaker, and then he he has a contract with him, he signs it, and he gives it to Gals and Anderson to go out and give it to the dead man. Uh, they go out, and then when they, they're standing by the ring, and... They they put the, they place the contract. They take two steps back. The lights go off. Lights come back on. Undertaker standing behind them, and then he basically beats the shit out of them. So yeah, um, he well, Undertaker then walks up, and the big screen that is right there in front of him. Undertaker just stares at AJ Styles. Um, also, there was a pretty intense part where Undertaker <laughs> signed the contract, took it out, and shoved it in Anderson's mouth. So that was. Uh, that was kind of scary to see <laughs> um we then had a non-title match between uh, ray mysterio and the united united states champion andrade uh mysterio won they've had much better matches before uh the, these guys have wrestled quite a few times ray mysterio loves wrestling mexicans like he's i'm watching thunder and on thunder ray mysterio has been fucking wrestling uh, psychosis for ages and uh So, yeah, Uh, the weird thing about this was Asuka was on commentary for this match. Uh, She's quite funny, but at a certain point, I'm just like, okay, what's the point of this? (laughs) Um, So Asuka's on commentary, and I guess she's just bringing some, you know, sort of flavor into this match. And uh, she was very clearly rooting for Andrade. So, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. Um... And then uh, Becky Lynch, who we had seen earlier in the night, come out in her like little 18-wheeler, which is like covered in Becky Lynch uh, paraphernalia. It's like the man and the red and orange and whatever colors Becky Lynch sort of uh, is, is associated with. And uh, she comes out and she's basically, she says that uh, uh, Shayna Baszler is angry because uh, she bullied her way to the top, but the real person on top is her is Becky Lynn, so, uh, yeah, um, I'm the prey that hunted the, the predator, something like that, she, basically, she's like, oh, yeah, someone came, tried to fucking kill me, and I killed them, so, uh, she, she also makes, sort of, uh, a reference to Ronda Rousey, saying that, you know, I defeated someone before, I'm gonna defeat you again, I like that Becky's intense now, you know, I, the goofy stuff was not working, I don't like that, and uh now that she's serious again it's good so yeah keep it that way uh we then see a backstage promo of Kevin Owens where he um sort of um accepts the the challenge that Seth Rollins had uh, had made at he says that uh, i grew up in the performance center you were not here uh so this is my town and this is my you know my home or whatever and then he says uh i I accept your challenge and uh, I will face you at WrestleMania. So, uh, yeah, uh, good stuff. Kevin Owens can't cut a bad promo to save his life, and uh, this is really, really good. Um, now, ooh, speaking of uh, of good promos, uh, out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. However, to not his uh, best work, I would say, but you know, um, it was it was funny where when it started. So. It's a uh, three sixteen day, so March sixteenth. If you're from anywhere else but America, then it's sixteen three. But uh, United States likes to do a month and then day. Does not make any sense to me. Uh, so Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, glass shatters. He comes out. He does you know the taunting in the in the corners. Uh, he sort of looks at the camera. He's like this is for you guys at home uh he grabs two beers he he chugs them and falls as he's drinking them so that was pretty funny and then uh he comes out he's got like he's got like notes in his hands he's got like cards and then he's just sort of like he's listing down what 316 day entails he's like you could say uh, four letter words and uh you know you could just there's a whole bunch of stuff that he has with each each thing and uh Suddenly, so he, he obviously he goes, so whenever he starts, like, if you're ready for 316 day, give me a hell yeah. And then they cut to the crowd and it's like, no one there. And then cuts back to him. He's like, I said, give me a hell yeah. And then suddenly Byron Saxon stands up and he's like, hell yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. God damn it. And then he does it again. And uh, obviously Stone Cold is like, what? So... Yeah, um, I'm just uh, ooh, Byron Saxton. Just I don't know, man, <laughs> it's, it's a little odd. So, Stone Cold's there listing off all these things for 316 day as he's listing these things off. <sighs> Byron Saxton is rating Stone Cold Steve Austin, he's actually rating Stone Cold Steve Austin every time he gives him a rating. Uh, Byron. Um, he whenever he gives a low rating, Stone Cold turns and he's like, tough crowd. And he just keeps going, tough crowd, tough crowd. And I was just like, oh, God, just stop, stop. And then they stop. Um, and then he invites Byron Saxton to the ring to drink some beers. Obviously, we know where this is going. Austin drinks beer with him, stuns Byron Saxton, kicks him in the nards, which was ouchy. And, uh, yeah, everyone, (laughs) everyone was, uh, sort of talking about this poor Byron. And then Becky Lynch's music starts. She comes into the ring. Austin's like, hey, listen, the last time we were in the ring together, you stunned me, which was really, really, really good. Uh, if you haven't watched that, there's a video somewhere uh, of Becky Lynch stunning Stone Cold. And it wasn't a WWE ring. It was something else. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, so um, uh, they he stuns Byron Saxton again. And then Becky Lynch's music plays they drink beer and uh yeah it was uh or no Austin's music played and yeah so anyways point is they drank beer and they were sort of you know laughing at Byron Saxon so yeah um it was it started off all right didn't it, it didn't exactly go the way i wish it would but um yeah i was i was it i mean this is the best they can do right now so i i don't blame them it's just unfortunate but uh, it, they, they tried. They tried. Uh, jumping over to SmackDown, um, we, we start the show off with Michael Cole talking about WrestleMania 36 and how it's going to be over two days. So did I talk about that? I don't think I talked about it. So, yeah. So there will be two days. I'm guessing both titles will main event each night. I hope um, Brock Lesnar and Drew goes second. Yeah, that's what I want. Second night. Um, so yeah, so, uh, we, we see, uh, we see Michael Cole talking about it. And then he says, and the host of WrestleMania 36 will be, and then Mojo Rawley comes out and, uh, or no, I believe he was in the ring. Um, yeah, I'm forgetting, but regardless, Mojo Rawley is in the ring and he's like, no, Michael Cole, this is not how you do it. And then he just hypes up Rob Gronks- Gronk, Gronk. Gowski, jesus um so uh, gronk comes out and uh he dances i i have to I, I can't lie i found it really funny his dancing was over the top and just really weird and when he humped the the turnbuckle or the the ring post rather i was i was laughing I, I found that really really funny um and then uh they come out they have a bro moment but then king Corbin comes out and he's like oh i was in the nfl and you know, you don't know what it's like to be here and you're you're fucking, you've got Mojo Rawley and and he sort of gets into Gronk's face and then Mojo Rawley, like a child, bends over all fours and then Gronk pushes him, he falls out, Elias comes out, they play a song and uh, then he sort of, you know, they they fight and then Gronk is like, all right, WrestleMania, Elias versus Corbin. Why couldn't they just have one day in seven matches? I would have been okay with that. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak have a match against Nakamura and Cesaro um, after this match so uh, Cesaro and, uh, and Nakamura lose even though they've been teaming up for a longer time but uh, Bryan and Gulak have a they're, they're, they've, they've got good chemistry I have to say I like the way they work I, I think they've, they've got decent chemistry and it's, it's good stuff so they uh, they get the win. Backstage, they, they sort of. Uh, Sami Zayn's like, "Why are you listening to this guy?" Uh, to Danny Bryan, he's like, "Obviously talking about Gulak." He's like, "You're taking advice from a nobody, and you know you should be listening to me. I'm the Intercontinental Champion." And then Danny Bryan's like, "All right, if why don't you why don't you defend your title in a triple threat match against uh, against me and Gulak and WrestleMania?" And Sami Zayn's like, "All right, if Gulak can defeat." Shinsuke Nakamura next week, I will accept. So, yeah, I guess Gulak is going to defeat Nakamura. And maybe, just maybe, we might get uh, Drew Gulak as the new Intercontinental Champion. I wouldn't mind that. Uh, we then are told that Page will be there on SmackDown. We didn't realize it was going to be a Skype page. Um, so,. As Paige is up on the big screen, Bailey and Sasha Banks come out. Sasha looks fucking hot. Um, and then Paige is like, I thought it was going to be Paige coming back to the ring. Apparently not. But uh, Bailey sort of makes fun of her. And then she's like, okay, well, Bailey, I've got your opponent for WrestleMania. And uh, you are going to face Lacey Evans. And she's like, okay, I have defeated her. Dana Brooke. She's like, oh, okay, who's next? Tamina? Does Tamina even work here? And she's like, well, Tamina. He's like, okay. And that was like a, Fucking that was a jab at Tamina. Ooh. Um, and then she's like, and then and Naomi and and then Sasha Banks grabs a microphone and she starts going off on page and she's like, Alright. Um and your final opponent in a six pack challenge will be Sasha Banks. And Sasha's like, Huh? So yeah, there was this this rumor was circulating that this is gonna be defend the the SmackDown Women's Championship is gonna be defending a six pack challenge, so okay. Cool, let's see how that goes. So uh, I guess it's it's interesting. Um, I think it'll be better if Sasha wins it. I'd like to see that, but I don't know which way they're going. So who knows? Uh, we then see Miz and Morrison in the ring, sitting down, and uh, they're like, "All right, we we don't have any uh, competitors to wrestle at WrestleMania." And then suddenly we see them cosplaying uh, the New Day, the Usos, and Heavy Machinery who are dressed as Bacon, but they keep calling him Ham. And they do this little comedy sketch, which I found quite funny, to be honest. They're, they're really funny and entertaining. Um, and Miz Morrison sort of you know go back and forth. They're like, okay, I guess none of them are going to face us. And then Heavy Machinery come out. And apparently if Heavy Machinery had won this match, they would be the number one contenders. So uh, they start wrestling. In the middle of the match, Dolph Ziggler comes out. He sits down in commentary. And then he sort of, just as Otis is doing the worm, uh, Dolph Ziggler stands up and he's like, Otis, Otis, you need to see this. And then he points at the the screen. There's some Instagram pictures of Dolph Ziggler and Mandy Rose. And Otis sort of loses it. He chases Dolph. Dolph tries to run away, but he grabs him. And then uh, Dolph sort of pulls a chair in as well. And then Otis uh, is attacked by Miz and Morrison, but then he takes both of them out through, like, the, the ringside area, the barricade where the ring, uh, the ring bell and, you know, the, the announcer and stuff sit. So he just fucking smashes through them. He grabs a chair, but then Tucker's like, listen, Otis, don't do this, don't do this, relax. But then Otis was too upset, and he smashes the chair on both their backs, causing a disqualification. So, whew. Miz and Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho, win. I finally remembered it. Um, And then we have the main event of SmackDown, which is a contract signing between the Big Dog and Goldberg. And uh, they come out, and Cole sort of asks them a few questions. But then, uh, so as soon as they get into the ring, they both grab their chairs and throw them. So I don't know why, but they just throw their chairs. And then uh, we we, we see a tweet that Roman Reigns had put out a long time ago about uh you know uh, the, so whenever he, whenever he comes out he does the fist on the ground he smashes the fist and there's like a little padded cushion sort of thing and he he basically he he punches that because obviously he doesn't want to break his fucking fist and uh and then he's like yeah it's like it's better than you know smashing your head onto like lockers or something so basically he's taking a shot at Goldberg and then uh, they come out they you know they exchange a few words and uh you know Goldberg calls him a little bitch bulldog and you know they just have an intense stare down they throw the table around and stuff so yeah um I I mean you know what recently I've started noticing this but contract signings end very um mellow like there's no brawl I, I remember back when contract signings were a thing there always used to be something like Taker and AJ Styles had something You know, I'm not saying they don't do it at all, but some of the contract signings have become mellow. It's like when you have a wedding, you know, some shit is going to go down at the wedding. That's that's always the case. But, you know, there is nothing here. There are some fucking terrible shots at Goldberg because, uh, you know, like. So, for example, Bret Hart, apparently, on the Austin sit-down thing, said that Goldberg is the worst person he's ever worked with because he hurt everyone he ever wrestled with. So, eesh. I don't know. Goldberg is not having a great time recently after taking the title from Bray Wyatt, I would say. Ooh. Um, All right. Uh, jumping over to the Wednesday Night War, NXT was a two-hour show of sort of video packages. Now, a lot of people didn't enjoy it, right? I personally enjoyed it because from a production point of view I I liked watching it. It's not everyone's cup of tea. If you're if you don't actually ever produce if you've never produced any content, perhaps you wouldn't enjoy it because you're just like what the fuck? Like they're sitting down and talking about their feuds. Uh but I like seeing the production. I like seeing, you know, like the way they, they cut their music up and stuff and the cut the videos and, you know, how they have the sit down and talk about it like the just for you guys to know the wrestlemania vlog that's coming out has elements of that so i've like i i sort of like seeing that they're going with that in that direction because i sort of did something similar so i don't know I, for me personally that's uh, like I, I i like seeing that i like seeing that sort of stuff so yeah but so they did uh johnny gargano and uh and Tommaso Ciampa they did a little thing on Finn Balor and then they did Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair so they just talked about their feuds and you know the starting and end points of the the superstars and how they start and where they are today uh Johnny Gargano Finn and uh and Tommaso Ciampa was was really really cool I really like seeing that so yeah um it was interesting it was really interesting so yeah um and then uh but that, that was really it for, for NXT. And that's sort of why the NXT ratings were, were quite low, like NXT and AEW. I'll just tell you guys now, uh, AEW was quite high. It was 932,000 people. NXT was 542,000, which is fair enough because NXT didn't really have a show where like, they didn't have a live show. Like the, it was, it was just interviews and stuff. So yeah. Uh, I, I I'm okay with it until like this whole thing is sort of you know put to rest i'm I'm okay with with stuff like this happening uh but a e w was a fantastic fucking show honestly, it was such a good show. The show starts out with Cody Rhodes cutting in a great promo this guy is is he never misses he's so so fucking good um he's talking about the virus and you know how it affects everyone, but you know he's like, this is my world, and we can still do stuff he he wants the elite to be elite again he calls out matt jackson kenny omega they get into the ring and he's like you know i know adam cole uh adam cole (laughs) hangman page is is sort of you know just because you lost to chris jericho i lost to him too but that doesn't change anything so come out are you on our side are you going to be elite he comes out he's got a drink in his hand he he basically raises his glass and he's like yeah yeah and then leaves he doesn't have a microphone or anything so you can't like you can't really hear him but you can sort of read his lips yeah, he goes to the back, and then Kenny Omega takes the microphone. He's like, all right, um, you know, you don't even know what's going to happen. I don't even know if there's going to be a Dynamite next week, but, you know, uh, if we're going to go out, we're going to go out as the elite. So, um, yeah, just uh, we're, we're the fireworks. So they hit the fireworks and music and everything, uh, all that stuff plays. So, yeah, it was, it was a good hot start to the show. Great stuff. Um, and then we come to the ring. We see uh the the best friends versus lucha brothers we've, as i said earlier we've got uh, mjf sean spears who are like gambling throughout the night and tony is like are you guys gambling he's like no we're not no we're not and then he leans and he's like you want to get in on this old man so um, mjf is fantastic wardlow's there um and then you've got sort of got like the the heel and the face and uh, when i had first suggested this idea i was uh i was sort of uh um, not challenge, but, but so Peter Jenkins, uh, who is a, I'm not sure if he still listens to this, but, uh, he's, uh, he's in the inside the ropes community and he sort of, you know, replied to one of my comments where, where I was sort of suggesting this idea that wrestlers sit in the crowd. And he said, he was like, you know, it would be great if they did a heel and a face side. And that's what AEW did. They had the, the face. So if you're looking towards the ramp from the ring, uh, on the right side, you had the the face superstars and on the left side. You had the heels. So great, great fucking stuff. Um, you, So you had uh, again, uh, best friends versus Lucha Brothers. Orange Cassidy comes, sits on commentary, and then falls asleep. He not he didn't say a fucking word the whole time. So so good. Um, and now, I feel like everyone pops at everything Cassidy does, and I'm sort of like falling into that, but uh, uh, still not to that extent. Like I I'm still kind of like okay, it's a novelty. You know, but I feel like it'll get boring way too quick if they don't do stuff with it, like having him wrestle sometimes. Yeah, there's a change in it. Come back to his original character, do this for a bit and then do something cool. You know, so I, I think if they do go about this the right way, he could be so fucking over, um, probably just as over as, as Adam Page is because, man, that guy is so fucking over um so yeah so it was uh, ray phoenix and pentagon jr and uh, they they sort of get the win over chuck taylor and trent and uh yeah uh i like during the match where you know they go for the best friend's hug they didn't do that they just bumped elbows you know social distancing <laughs> funny um cassidy did get involved in this match but there's no disqualification but then yeah again Luther brothers picked up the win with the package power driver stomp combination thing which is a fantastic move uh, no pack this week, so that was interesting to see. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good good match, and uh, you know the, the the ambience brought out by the the wrestler sitting ringside was really really good. So yeah, good stuff. Um, we we then have a fatal four way match between uh, four ladies, which is uh, Rio, Chris Statlander, Penelope Ford, and Hikaru Shida. Uh, Hikaru Shida gets the win and she gets a title shot against Nala Rose, I believe Now the thing is, I mentioned this before but um, Shida, the start and stop with Shida is just confusing so I don't know, but I think now she's definitely the number one contender she has a title shot in the future uh, Kip Sabian was ringside uh, there was a fantastic spot where Penelope Ford, so of did a line salt and then into a, like a Poison Rana, so that was really good, she's, she's excellent she's really talented besides being really good looking as well uh but kip sabian who was in her corner just got his ass whooped the entire time so like she she and uh, and statlander beat the shit out of him and then uh, uh rio did a cross body which sort of confused me she's like she's, she's fucking 50 pounds soaking wet so it's like mm. so um i mean they do say she's 96 pounds so just fucking nothing um, but yeah, so uh, after the match, there is, uh, Cole Cabana was being interviewed and you know, he, he makes comments about, uh, Kip Sabian and then Kip Sabian gets into his face, but Cabana just slaps him. So Sabian retreats like a bitch. I feel like I wish Sabian was a little more badass cause he just looked like a little bitch this entire time. But yeah, he's, he's got the look, he's got the skills and everything. Just make him look a little cooler. You know, I don't know why they're doing this. Um, so at some point, now I've, I've lost the placement of this exactly, but um, we, had, uh, we had Lance Archer and, uh, and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts standing ringside. And uh, Tony Schiavone tries to interview Lance Archer, but then Jake takes the microphone. And he's like, all right, uh, he's not here for talking. Uh, and uh, we sort of see uh, Jake the Snake uh, talk about Cody Rhodes, and he's like, you know, Cody uh, you've, uh, we, we acknowledged you, but you haven't even acknowledged us, and that's completely disrespectful, so I dare you do that in my face, but you won't, so it's sort of, and, and he cut a fantastic fucking promo, I'm like, Jake Roberts, holy crap, dude, you still got it, like, you still got it, that's a chant for Jake the Snake, um, great stuff, I was, I was really impressed, I did not expect that, and, uh, we did also see like a video package of Lance Archer and Jake the snake where there's like this, um, sort of like out in the open, like some fucking like field. And there's a, a little person in the ring and he's, uh, he's basically issuing a challenge and then Lance Archer comes in and all these people surrounding the ring, there's a, like maybe 15 guys surrounding the ring and they all get in one by one, this flimsy fucking ring. And he beats the shit out of all of them leaves them all laying. And then he, he's walking back to the car with uh, Jake, the snake and Jake, the snake is sitting there just smoking a cigar, watching his guy just fucking beat the shit out of everyone. Really fucking cool. Um, and then Jake, the snake and them walk up to the car. And then when they get to the car, um, this dude walks up, he's like, I can beat the shit out of you. But then Lance Archer grabs him and just basically puts him through the hood of the car. So yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. Really, really good stuff. And uh, Jake, the snake. Wow i'm so impressed um but yeah so uh, after that we have the butcher and the blade versus jurassic express uh butcher and blade sort of are paid by mjf in the start of the match i don't know why because they're paid by aw to wrestle but okay um and then mjf sort of you know throughout the match is trying to uh, shout in instructions at uh butcher and blade but to no avail luchasaurus and jungle boy basically do their their tag team finisher where luchasaurus holds you in a tombstone position and then sort of elevates your body up and uh, jungle boy hits a cutter and then uh, luchasaurus goes for the pin while jungle boy jumps out and attacks blade who is already on the floor so yeah um marco stunt was not there so uh i guess you know as few people as they they are have which is good um good stuff um decent match um, nothing much to say there and then we have the Dark Order come out to the ring. Evil Uno says that the Exalted One uh, will be delivered as promised. But then Christopher Daniels uh, grabs a microphone. And he's like, "All right, stop. There's no Exalted One. You've been talking all this shit for such a long time, and uh, and this is this is all a, a bunch of baloney." And then suddenly the the screen goes dark, and then we start hearing a voice, which is like sort of distorted. You know, there's like uh, some Uh, effect put upon it and then uh, as as the video continues we start seeing images and this person's really tall so I'm like that doesn't look like Matt Hardy and then slowly and and surely uh, the formerly known Luke Harper aka Brody Lee is unveiled as the the new I guess signee to AEW he's the exalted one and it was really, really good to see he comes out. Uh, so basically, he comes up in the video, and then when we return back to AEW. We see that Brody Lee is standing in the ring with Evil Uno and Stu Grace into his sides, and they basically beat the shit out of uh, Christopher Daniels. And, uh, and yeah, it was it was uh, basically SCU just get taken out here, and the reveal of of Brody Lee was was really well done. I guess it'll be good to see him run a faction. I'm I'm happy to see uh, he did sort of almost hit the sister Abigail, but then picked him up and did the, the spin clothesline that he does, which is delivered to perfection. Uh, he's so talented. And again, I've said this before. I've heard a lot of wrestlers talk about their dream match if they ever came back from the Attitude Era these guys are. Uh, they're like, if, if we ever came back, um, a lot of them said, like even Austin said, I would want to have a match with Luke Harper. And so I guess this is a massive acquisition for for um, uh, AEW. I'm I'm glad to see that he's going to be doing something big and high caliber, and you know maybe put the title on him at some point and have his you know minions protect him. I'd love to see that. I think that would be very very interesting. Uh, our main event is uh, the Elite versus the Inner Circle. The winner gets the advantage in the Blood and Guts match. So it's Santana, Ortiz, and Jake Hager versus uh, Hangman Page, Matt Jackson, and Cody. Uh, there was... Uh, this was... It was a good match. Uh, Wardlow and uh, Arn Anderson are ringside. And... Oh, I forgot to mention Brandy Rhodes was doing the, uh, the... the announcing throughout the night. So that was good. And... Uh, so, yeah. And it, this was so funny because Chris Jericho, who didn't need to be there, was there, so I appreciate that, Jericho comes out, he goes to the commentary table, um, and then Sammy Guevara and MJF are (laughs) singing Jericho's theme song, uh, Sammy Guevara doesn't know all the words, so that was pretty funny, but, uh, Jericho puts him over, he's like, oh, look at that, that's amazing, he needs a Grammy, (laughs) um, and then, uh, yeah, so the the match goes on, Arn Anderson and Wardlow sort of have a, a interaction of sorts, and then, Eventually, uh, the the bad guys pick up the win. I don't think Jake Hager is going to lose in any facet uh, anytime soon. So uh, yeah, uh, the the bad guys win, and then after the match, they sort of end up um, you know uh, brawling, and then the the uh, Jake Hager, Santana Ortiz, Sammy Guevara uh, are standing there getting, giving the finger, and then Jericho's like, well. You know he he sort of talks to Brandy Rhodes for a bit. He's like, um, and then uh, uh, Sammy Guevara takes the microphone. He talks to Brandy. Sort of you know hitting on her, and then we see back in the ring that the good guys are standing there. And then uh, Jericho's like, well, I took out your brother, so you know I don't think you can count. But there's four of you and five of us. And then suddenly we hear like a weird buzzing sound, and then we look, and I'd completely forgotten about this. If I'm being honest, I forgot about Vanguard One, and uh, we see a drone. Fly into the ring, um, it it lands on the mat, and then uh, Mick Jackson is like, "Well, I called someone who owed me a favor," and then uh, we look up into the the where the crowd should be. <laughs> we look up into the stands and we see a broken Matt Hardy deleting. So I guess Matt Hardy is going to be the fifth member in that match. That scares me a little bit because Matt Hardy, you know, was was hurt but um yeah it was it was great to see matt hardy show up um and yeah so he's part of AEW for sure and uh, it'll be it'll be a good time so just again unfortunate that matt hardy could not be uh, revealed in front of a crowd and stuff it's just unfortunate um again i am very scared because matt hardy had some disc problems and this blood and guts match i can't imagine is is easy but if he's clear to wrestle, by all means wrestle, you know. And uh, again, Brody Lee as well coming out, just two massive reveals. Now, they had to do Brody Brody Lee because it was advertised, and I guess they couldn't push it, right? And they had pushed it enough already, so pushing it even more would just be, just shit. But Brody Lee coming out was a must. Matt Hardy, maybe they could have pushed it, especially now that we know that. Blood and Guts is going to be postponed. So, but I guess at the time, they didn't know. So, it's just, again, really unfortunate circumstances, but such is life. And, uh, yeah, but both big reveals. AEW did big numbers, so I guess it's a good thing. And, uh, yeah, um, let's hope that we see big things from both guys now. Uh, so, that's, that's all the wrestling for this week, guys. I guess it's time to get into... Five of the week Five of the Week. Trailing this list is Ms. and Morrison. I think they were really funny, they were really good. I really enjoyed their work and they were they were entertaining and that's that's what you want from a TV show, entertainment. So yeah, Ms. and Morrison, take number five number four goes to Matt Hardy Matt Hardy showed up at the end it was good reveal um, however again the lack of the fans sort of makes it difficult to to sort of push this even higher on the list I'm sure if the crowd popped I would have gone with the crowd pop honestly had it been Brody Lee or Matt Hardy you know um, it would have been it would have been excellent with, with the crowd there but uh, yeah Matt Hardy being revealed in that sense was was still obviously top five. Um, number three is Brody Lee. Uh, excellent stuff. It was, it was fun to watch and the reveal, I was, I was a little skeptical about the, the exalted one being Brody Lee because I thought it's going to be like a, like a, someone who commands the, the people and stuff. I guess what they could do is he sends in his minions to do the work. And if they can't, he comes in and beats everyone. So he should be undefeated. I think that would be a, like a sick way to go about it. Like, just have him undefeated and he only comes in when his people can't do so some, some like whatever you know if they can't win matches that's when he comes in and then he wins so I'd love to see that number two is edge I mean that passion the, the fire that he delivered that promo um, it was excellent last man standing I popped and you know even though there's no crowd and stuff he still brought it and and intensity and all that stuff excellent so it has to be edge number two and number one, who shocked me the most, and I don't think it's a shock to you guys because of the way I sort of talked about it, but Jake the Snake. Jake the fucking Snake. Holy crap, that man can cut a promo till today. After everything that man has been through, fuck. Brilliant. Absolutely fucking brilliant. I'm, I am I was so impressed, I can't even tell you. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the five of the week, folks. Um, You've asked some questions. I've got the answers. Let's jump over to KJ's Q&A. All right. Um, I put out a tweet saying, you know, send me some questions or comments. And Gareth underscore Allen has said, pardon? So that is a question technically. So, yeah, I guess there you go. Uh, first question comes from At Fat Pirlo, Cami Hutton Your top five themes, go Uh, I'm assuming you mean Theme songs, uh, number one Edge, simple Easy Uh, number two would have to be Stone Cold Steve Austin, because, uh it, Like, now I'm gonna talk from the perspective Of when I hear it and how I react To it, so, Stone Cold Steve Austin Is, is gonna be my number Two, because that Glass Shattered, Back in the Attitude Era and people lost their fucking minds. I, I get goosebumps sometimes when I watch some of his pops. It's fucking amazing. So, and, and I love the fact that, you know, you have that sound, that sound that sort of instigates that pop. And the glass shatter is fucking fantastic. You know, like you've got the CM Punk, the the, um, the mic static, the... <coughs> so, like, it... it, it, it insinuates a pop immediately you know you've got that sound or the rock if you're summer so it's like you've got those things and and i think steve austin has maybe the best one so yeah um good stuff Uh, so yeah steve austin number two uh number three i would say triple h my time i fucking love that song and i think it's just excellent whenever he'd come out he's so cool and uh, actually the final three are all Triple H related number three uh, number four is uh, The Game fucking love that the the Motorhead The Game he comes out spits water fucking man, it's brilliant so so good and uh, um, I will give an honorable mention to Finn Balor but my number five is probably DX I love the DX song but it's it's kind of a tie with Finn Balor's theme song because it's just um, it's Finn Balor's is so like now obviously they don't do it but uh, the crowd sort of participation in that theme song fucking brilliant so so good and uh also shout out to apa's music fucking love that song the it's like it's like oh shit oh shit these guys about to come out and kick your ass so um yeah shout out to them too uh so yeah those are my five i give you seven so yeah (laughs) kyle disper at restless monarch how much do you wish you had moved to Canada before the germ <laughs> germpocalypse started? Um, honestly, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't. But, so, my, my buddy Miles lives there. I need to get Miles on this podcast um, at some point. Uh, he's, he's one of my close friends. And, uh, yeah, I was supposed to be in Canada seeing him. But, uh, obviously, canceled the WrestleMania trip. canceled my Canada trip as well because I was going to be there. So, yeah, just... Um, Yeah, so he he keeps sending me videos of what's going on there. And it's, I swear to God, zombie apocalypse. Like, I am legend sort of things where it's just like, there's nothing in the streets. Absolutely not a soul. And he's in, like, he's walking through one of the busiest parts of Canada. or, Or Toronto, let's say. And it's just no one there. Absolutely no one. It's fucking freaky. It's almost like if the wind blows and you have a fucking, you know... Uh, just paper flying or whatever, plastic bag or some shit. And so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm sort of glad I didn't because it would have been difficult um, to, to sort of... And plus, like, my family's here, right? Like, and, and they sort of need someone to go do things and shit like that. So I'm glad I'm here. Um, I'm trying to stay indoors as much as possible now. I haven't been uh, all that great at it up to now. I just, I can't stand being at home, but you know cabin fever and all that shit but yeah so i'm just i'm just sort of trying to like just sit my ass at home now as much as i need to be and just run out and do things for them whenever they need me to so it's sort of glad i haven't been i haven't moved to canada just yet um anthony fitzpatrick at a fitz 27 any shows to check out while self-isolating wrestling or non-wrestling related oh that's a good question um all right so I, I'm, I'm gonna list off a few things here. Uh, one of the newer shows is called The Boys. If you haven't watched it already, it's a fantastic fucking show. The season, the second season. So only one season's come out so far, or as you guys call it in the UK, one series. Um, so the first season uh, of of The Boys was brilliant. Uh, really well produced, great acting, good story. It's it's uh, it's if you haven't watched it. Check out the trailer. You can want to check out the trailer, right? It's basically if... It's it's what if superheroes were, were portrayed in a real-life situation. And the way it works is that these guys would be considered celebrities. If you had a superhero, they'd be celebrities. And and it's like, how do they market their superheroes? What their superheroes are like in real life? And shit like that. And how they can make more superheroes. and shit. You know, it's sort of like deals around the themes of... Because like there's this a whole like psychological aspect of being a superhero because you sort of have more power than other people. But at the same time, like everyone's looking at you. So, you know, how do you get away with stuff and shit like that? So fantastic show. I believe 10 episodes. Just absolutely incredible. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, if you haven't watched the show, right, it's it's an American sitcom. It's very old from the 90s. Uh, and it's called The Drew Carey Show. And a lot of people, they've they've watched like episodes here and there. But if you watch the whole show start to finish, it's about this guy who, you know, he always tries to do the right thing and he's he works in like a fucking tiny cubicle. He works his ass off, but he never gets anywhere. And like he works his nine to five and never gets like anything. And he sits next to this this woman who is, she looks like a fucking clown, right? Like she looks like she's she's just got so much of makeup and stuff. And the thing is, the funny thing is that guys still find her hot or not not hot, not hot. But like guys still date her. And if you look at her, you'd be like, who the fuck would date her? No one would date her. Right. She's meant to be over the top and like fix Like it's a fictitious thing where it's like, oh, guys still find her attractive. And, And and yeah, so so basically it's the the show. The reason why I suggest watching this show is their dynamic is hilarious. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on any show. Ever. And there's a bunch of other characters as well. There's like three. So he's got three of his close friends. And they're, one of the girls is super hot. Uh, Kate. Oh, my God. I had such a big crush on her. And I sort of still almost do. Like, if, whenever I watch it, I'm just like, oh, Kate. Oh, so, um, but yeah, she's, she's, fucking gorgeous, gorgeous woman. And, uh, so she's, uh, so him and, uh, two of his friends, so three of his friends, um, they, they go out to a bar, they drink beer and just like, it's like a very American sitcom, but it is so fucking funny. I promise you, if you watch it, you're not going to regret it. It is. And especially if you love like American humor. So, uh, yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched it, there's, there's a whole bunch of seasons it was very popular in the, okay, not very popular, but it was, it was popular in the 90s. It's one of those classic 90s sitcoms, I would say, and uh, yeah, it's it's so fun. It's so fun. So if you get a chance, watch that the the Drew Carey show. Um, Scott Rogers at ScoroGUK uh, with the coronavirus causing havoc with sports and mania up in the air uh, at D Levick and i are looking forward to watching a classic mania instead which classic mania would you suggest and why ooh a classic one well 17 is like difficult to, to top 17 is like the best mania ever um i watched 19 recently 19 is really good uh 14 for i guess the the way it ended with tyson and stuff and building up to you know stone cold finally Uh, overcoming all the odds and you know climbing that final hurdle so that could be a shout um yeah those those are three those are three I would recommend I can't remember the ones before that though because like my memory with the really old WrestleManias is very poor Um, but uh, I mean you could I guess I, I tried watching Wrestlemania 12 it was a little tough, but the the Roddy Piper Goldust stuff was good. And um, what else was good? Um, <laughs> not not a lot on that show, to be honest, because watching the main event, which is Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart in the Iron Man match, it's tough to watch because if you know the result, it's like, oh, I, I can't sit through this and know that nothing's going to be, you know, um, if you haven't watched it, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil it. If you don't know what happens in that match, go ahead and watch it. But, uh, yeah, I, I I couldn't watch it because I knew exactly what happened. So, yeah, um, those, those are some of my recommendations, I'd say. Those three. So, WrestleMania 14, 17, and 19. Um, yeah, so that's it for your questions, you guys. Thank you so much for sending them in, as you always do. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy all the questions. Um, now... It's time for a little bit of trivia folks and uh, i'm surprised none of you got this but it was very simple either nobody got it or everyone's too busy running away from the coronavirus so it's, it's it has to be one of those two things but um um uh, yeah it was stephanie mcmahon stephanie hey steph so uh here here's steph without the audio enhancements. Take a listen. Brock, listen, thank you very much for maintaining your composure when Paul and Big Show arrived, okay? But you might want to stay back here because Paul and Big Show are on their way to the ring. What? i, I have to grant them some airtime, Brock. Big Show is the WWE Champion, like it or not. Mm. And I really don't think you should listen to what Paul Heyman has to say. Oh yeah? Why is that? Because Paul Heyman's gonna do everything in his power to provoke you, Brock. Paul knows that you're not 100%. He knows that your ribs are all busted up, Brock. And for your own good, for your safety, I need you to stay back here. You're a viable commodity to SmackDown. I won't let you hurt yourself, Brock. If you go down to that ring, if you so much as lay a hand on Paul Heyman or The Big Show, then I don't wanna do it, Brock, But. I will be forced to suspend you. That's bold. That was Stephanie. Oh, gosh. She was so gorgeous back then. Um, she still looks great now. Um, so, <laughs> here's this week's trivia. Um, this person had a problem with CM Punk. And, you know... I mean, he's... he's Honestly, he's got a lot of faults of his own. But... Um, Try and guess who that is. Joining me at this time is of course the world heavyweight champion CM Punk. And Punk, I've got to ask you, who do you want to see win that fatal four-way tonight and face you at the Great American Bash? Well, I know a lot of people would say the cliche answer is I don't care who I face, but to tell you <laughs> we're Go ahead. To be completely honest with you, I am pulling for somebody tonight because I would love nothing more than at the bash to. Drafted draft to raw last year. I didn't receive a title shot. Your first night on Raw, you win the World Heavyweight title on a fluke? That angers me. You don't deserve to be a heavyweight champion. Oh, well, you're angry <laughs> right. I'll tell you what, let's use that, you and me, in the ring tonight. And I'm going to prove to you exactly why I deserve to be world champion. Send in your responses to at ropedinpod. It will be the pin tweet right on top, and uh, yeah, I mean, I gave you a clue, so you should be able to guess. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, um, that's it for the trivia bit. Now it's time to announce who the leader of this week's fantasy league was. And I get it, not a lot of matches and stuff, but thankfully yours. Yours Truly has uh, has still managed to count up some points. Now, in the third position is a two-way tie between Atif B93 and At Carry Neck with 25 points each. In second position is another tie. This time it is a four-way tie between At Restless Monarch, At A 27 At Devesh Underscore Murani, and At Fat Pirlo all have 30 points and the leader this week is me. That's right. With a whopping 35 points. But still, I am leading. I'm still leading. Technically, that is a win. 35 points. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you, Rey Mysterio, for wrestling and giving me that, that beautiful five points lead that I needed. Um... But yeah, uh still I I mean this is it's it's rough. Uh I hope that we all sort of, you know, we see a little more matches, we see something settled down eventually, but yeah. Um so but again, congratulations to all the people on this on this uh top 3 fantasy league. It's uh it's good shit. <laughs> um folks, uh I'm going to leave you with uh with this little bit because Uh, the vlogs for Wrestlemania are almost complete and um, I am so the first vlog is about 13 minutes the second vlog I've just finished editing it It goes up to 25 minutes now I'm I'm gonna try and reduce it because it's it's a lot I try and see what you know doesn't need to be there to to hold the audience attention but uh, yeah I'm so excited for you guys to see it because I've forgotten most of it and there's some funny shit in there. Uh, we're we're a bit dirty. I, I won't lie. We do some dirty things, um, and uh, it's funny though. But, so which is why it's there. And uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm excited to put out the vlogs. I'm I'm really f- looking forward to to releasing these things and and having everyone watch them. So uh, make sure you subscribe to at that KJ guy on YouTube. Not at sorry uh, YouTube.com forward slash that KJ guy. Subscribe so that you don't miss the videos when they come out. And obviously, follow me at that KJ guy and at RopedInPod. I will be sharing all the stuff to do with the videos and whenever they're releasing. Um, I've decided that 29th will be the first date that the first vlog releases because it's two-parter. Uh, split NXT and WrestleMania into two different days because everything would have been too much. So um, the first vlog will be out on the 29th of this month which is in eight days and the the second part of the vlog will release five days later on the third of april so one day before wrestlemania and uh, yeah that's the idea so you know split it up and have you guys watch it to your convenience uh, again i'm really really looking forward to putting this stuff out it's so funny and uh there's some there's some shit that's gone down so yeah uh ollie and i have uh, have yet to put out the pot of thunder it's just it's sort of you know again it's a, a lot's happening with people and they're sort of figuring shit out so there's not a lot of time that we sort of get which is ironic because we're at home but uh the the podcast will be out and we will decide who will be wearing that fucking parrot costume because we need to order that thing asap and uh someone's gonna be wearing it so yeah I'm I'm excited that uh Ollie won't be able to answer my questions. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check out Pod of Thunder, Inside the Ropes, um Patreon page. We are in the, the lowest tier, so you, you pay the minimum, get the most. And uh yeah, uh it's gonna be it's gonna be fun and I'm pretty sure that uh if Ollie if doesn't wear it, you guys need to give him so much shit for it because yeah, he deserves it. But yeah again, at that KJ guy at Ro pod, please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Uh, it really really makes a difference especially now when people need content and you know when when people are looking for new stuff to do and watch, uh, the podcast will come up if you guys are subscribed and and you know if you can, please leave a rating or review. it again, it helps so much and gets the podcast out there for people. So it makes a huge difference to me and it, it means the world to me that you guys, you know, interact, send in all your questions, uh, talk to me, leave your comments, etc., cetera, et cetera. Honestly, it means the world to me. And I don't feel like I'm alone, even when I'm alone. So thank you so much. That's thanks to you guys. And uh, yeah, I'm going to stop being soppy. I'm going to go watch some Love Island because that's what I've been doing. I've been watching some Love Island. And uh, it's terrible, but it's addictive. So I'm almost done with the season. So yeah. Uh, again, thank you so very much. Uh, I love you all. And like always... If you're still here, KJ out.